You're listening to Authentically Me, a podcast dedicated to activating the magic that is within us all through the power of authenticity, sharing, and transmuting with love. Here you will find real life experiences shared through the lens of everything is always serving. We are led through this journey by your host, me, Serena Rose. I am a ceremonialist who believes that our life is just one big ceremony for our soul. Connect to your soul and enjoy the ceremony. authentically me beauties thank you so much for being here and witnessing this raw authentic authentic communication that is going down today on the show and I have a very special guest and you know it's interesting I say that every time and every time I've fucking mean it. (laughs) Um, But my guest today, Carlos, is a very, very dear soul brother of mine that I just feel so close to my heart and I'm so excited to share him with you. So without further ado, Carlos, will you just tell my listeners who you are and a little bit about yourself? Mm. First and foremost, Serena Rose, thank you so much for welcoming me welcoming me on this podcast it's such an honor to see like both of our journeys unfold into what they've been becoming and you truly do embody what it means to be authentic and to shake the snow globe of life and feel more amplified to be alive and I so love that Mm, thank you thank you I receive and You know, you see in me, I'm sure, what it is that is most alive and active for you. And I just love the the heart and soul companionship and friendship that we've been able to create together in this relationship. And, you know, I appreciate and love so many things about you too. And I love that we just share in that and exist in that and lift each other up in that, you know? Mm. Yes, yes. And to answer your question, who am I? And I think this is such a fun question for me to navigate because I could answer it like one of two ways that immediately comes up for me. And it's like, I am whatever I choose to be. Yet if I were to like answer what's most relevant to me in this moment, it's like, I'm someone who loves mindfulness and loves self-expression and loves in guiding myself and in doing the inner work and walking the talk myself, supporting people around me, whether through content creation, um, through one-on-one coaching, or through group facilitation, such as retreats in person, online, um, or workshops. I love doing that. I love supporting people and tapping more of who they, tapping more into who they are. Um, as well as feeling more alive and leaning into who they are. Mm-hmm. So what would you say with all of that, which is so beautiful? I'm like, mm, yes. Um, what is the best way for you to service others and to help them tap into that trueness of who they are? 
you know, what has been the most impactful way that that has shown up for you in your life experience? Yeah. Um, Cause it's a lot, you know, you do so much and I love it. <laughs> in a one-on-one container, in a one-on-one container where I get to have a conversation, whether 50 minutes, 60 minutes, more than a conversation, a, a full-blown session in which I understand that person that's in front of me. And I ask them questions that inspire creativity, that get them to tap into the right brain or um, to bridge the gap between the head and the heart a little bit more. Um, And less spinning the wheels, less being in the head Um, in a one-on-one container is where it's been the most powerful, where I've seen the most breakthrough and the most results. That's awesome. Yeah. And what came up for me in listening to that answer is just me putting myself also in the one-on-one container and what that feels like and what, what has been impactful for me to see and witness and experience as well. And I was thinking to your response, like, yeah, I don't even have to understand somebody else sometimes, you know, like you said to, to understand another human and like, I think it's okay to just be understood and to be not understood. And it's just about loving each other in whatever that is and lifting each other up in whatever that is and however it shows up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And as you say that, like, it's okay to be understood and it's okay to not be understood. It's like, it's okay to lean into like an answer, whether it's right or wrong. Cause I mean, at Mm -hmm. least to me, there's no right or wrong. Mm -hmm. Right. Like the, the, the worst case scenario, which is always a win in my eyes is like, I make a decision. It ends up not being in alignment with my self-expression with my truth. However, I tried something and I experimented in that direction and I gained closure on that thing that I was so curious about. And now I get to course correct and lean into more of me and continue. I heard this, this quote the other day, fail forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I feel all of that. I think that, um, Yeah, there is no right or wrong. And just before getting on this call, I was on my Facebook and there was this conversation happening on a video that I did about morals and like how much they control or have the power to control our experience because we think something is morally right or morally wrong. And just like questioning our belief systems and this idea that something has to be right or wrong, just in general, you know, what is that? <laughs> and it's funny, as you bring that up, it, I don't know if you're on Eastern Standard Time, but for me, it's 1.11 p.m. <laughs> right now. Um, and, and when I hear the word morals, I, I get like the story that I tell myself, first of all, I get like this icky, almost constricting feeling in my body. Um, And the story I tell myself around the word morals, um, and we get to decide what meaning we put on each word, is that morals is something that was given to me by somebody else. Like a belief that was given to me by somebody else, whether it's like Mm -hmm. a cultural belief or whether it's 
um, someone shooting on me, telling me I should do something or I should live a certain way mm-hmm. um, and buying into that. A fear-based value, right? Like mm-hmm. I could choose a fear-based value or what, um, what I've called a conscious-based value, which I get to choose. And like, in my understanding is like a moral to me is synonymous almost with a fear-based value in which that value came to me out of like a defense mechanism for some sort of like negative experience or trauma I've had in my life, or it was forced upon me by um, some institution or some Mm -hmm. authoritative figure, or I get to choose a conscious-based value. Mm-hmm. And, and and navigating that is interesting too. Like that conscious based value of I chose this value because it feels good for me. It's an mm-hmm. internal thing rather than an external thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that you brought all that up because, you know, morals, it's not a bad thing. <laughs> like, yeah. It can be good to have values and standards and morals for yourself. You know, it's the judgments and perceptions and you know fear-based ways of thinking and feeling and acting that have the power to morph the way that we consume and act out our quote-unquote morals Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm curious Serena like what are some ways that you like to practice defining your morals or your values in, in, in a way that feels good for you? Mm, good question. So I simply put like to give myself time to be with myself and to question myself and to honor myself and to give like even maybe a container like okay tonight I'm going to meditate I'm going to journal I'm going to open up my brainstorming bible and actually write a list of what my morals are presently in my life you know some sort of um creating or expression of myself that comes out so that's, that's how I define them as I check in with myself. I give myself a very um, intentional space to check in with myself. And I'm not just like wandering through like, <laughs> you know, life and practicing whatever I'm told to or, you know, I get to question things and then give myself space to dive deeper into those questions to understand myself. That's what self-development and self-discovery and consciousness is, is like giving yourself the space to do so, you know? And what I love so much about your answer, Serena, that stuck out to me is like being with myself, being with myself, like, and for so long, I mean, I don't, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but there was a phase in my life in which I constantly avoided being with myself. Mm-hmm. Because when I would create space to be with myself, fear would come up or anxiety mm-hmm. or, or, or a background, almost this feeling of like not enoughness in, in, in where I'm at. And uh, more recently, actually, a breakthrough that I personally had was that I had a tendency to um, at nighttime when these feelings would come up for me to numb with a distraction such as 
alcohol. Like mm-hmm. I always rationalized it as like one or two drinks won't hurt. Mm-hmm. Or um, lots of marijuana. That was a big one for me. Um, and even video games or social media scrolling and things like that. And like, I really sat myself down and asked myself this hard question, like, what am I avoiding? What am I most mm-hmm. afraid to experience? Mm-hmm. And, and what kept coming up for me um, was that feeling that I numb with at night. And I like to rationalize or rationally lie about why it's okay to have a beer or two every single night. Um, and I challenged myself very recently. I challenged myself to 30 days of no alcohol, weed, or tobacco at night or at all for 30 days, rather. You said this is recent? Very recent. Yeah. Within like. When did you do this? Because I'm doing dry July. I just find this really interesting. Wow. I've never heard of dry July. And you know what? I'm on the boat, I guess, too. The magic of like, I had no idea what that is and I'm doing it. (laughs) Um, I actually started the 5th of July. The 5th Mm -hmm. of July. So 4th of July, I had a very small amount of, of marijuana, like one hit or two hits and like two drinks. And I told myself, man, this doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. Feels like I'm avoiding something. Mm-hmm. And, and I've already had opportunities, Serena Rose, where I've really like felt super uncomfortable. And the, the clever um, rationalizing mind came in and was like, hey, why not have a beer? Yeah. And I was like, no, I'm going to hold space for me right now. Yeah. And, Yeah, I think so many people can relate to what it is that you're speaking about. And it's important to speak about these things. And I just really appreciate and honor you for for sharing your experience. And even as present as it is, and as present as, you know, mine is doing dry July, like, yes, we're doing it. Like, (laughs) we're continuing to do the work and to show up and to share about it and I think that I had I had a friend recently say to me oh I bet your followers would love to know what drunk Serena is like you know and I was just like really (laughs) come on you know like we're all human like it's okay um And maybe they would. And I'm so bold. Like, I would be as bold to, like, do something crazy. Like, go live drunk and be like, what's up? (laughs) Drunk Serena's here. What's good? You know, it's not that I'm scared to do that. It's just that as much as I share and I know that I see you sharing vulnerably and authentically and rawly and sometimes even in the, the heat of those moments, the presence of those moments, the foundation of those moments and feelings, it's like I have to remind myself that I am allowed to have privacy and mm. I am allowed to honor myself and have time to myself and experiences to myself and to be human and it's okay. (laughs) So I'm wondering, like, as I say that, you know, can you relate to this and have you had any similar experiences or any insights to drop into that? (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, 
for those of you who can't see, Serena and I are on camera right now. And as she spoke, I have this big smile on my face because I can so relate to what you're saying. Um, I felt, I mean, I felt that social media sometimes, like, especially if I'm, I'm always being vulnerable on social media, for me, it can turn into I'm really seeking someone else to hold space for me and avoiding me holding space for myself. Mm. Um, and yes, of course, <laughs> like, mm. we're, like we're, we're so allowed to have mm. privacy and, and like at the same time, we're allowed to experience all aspects mm. of life. It's up to us to decide like how, how you want to perceive it. Right. And it's like, if I want to, because I feel it's good for me, not because I feel like I should, or someone imposed this onto me mm -hmm. to go live and be drunk Carlos on social media, or in your case, drunk Serena on social media, mm -hmm. then fine. Mm -hmm. Right. What matters is like, is this coming from my desire or coming from a pressure to be validated by that other person who told me that I should do it? Yeah, absolutely. And to be clear, my immediate response to this person was, okay, so in your eyes is what I need to do to, to go online and to confess my sins to my followers. Is that like what is being said and asked of me right now? Because it's not going to happen, but I just want to be clear, like if that's what you think, you know? Um, and you're absolutely right. Absolutely right in everything that you're saying. And I am going to sit with actually the thought of me avoiding holding space for myself. I don't know if that applies to me or not, but I felt power in you saying that. And that's interesting to me. So I'm going to, to sit with that. Um, the reality is that there's always room for improvement in life. And as much space as one holds for themselves, like how can you hold more space for yourself? How can you honor yourself more than what you already doing? Even if what I'm simply to gain from this is like, girl, do it more, love yourself more, hold yourself more. Then yeah, I'm about that. <laughs> yeah. And I love that so much because isn't that what life is like we're growing or we're dead. Mm -hmm. And like, yes, holding space for myself more, learning how to do that more, developing myself more and more every day and stopping and being and celebrating me for how far I've come as well. And like, there's no right or wrong way. Mm -hmm. There really is. And like, I, I've probably said that a few times on this call. And like, if there's anything I most want people to understand is that any decision that's made any perception you have around that decision is up to you and you get to decide. But at the very least, if I might consciously shit on you, whatever that means, please let go of like this idea that there's a right or wrong answer. Because at the end of the day, like, like if, if we have a belief that someone else gave to us and we believe it's right because that other person gave it to us, that person who gave us that belief is still a person. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, you know, you and I are, are doing dry July. Right. Mm -hmm. I began on the fifth. You began, I imagine, on the first. And mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that I'm personally vilifying alcohol and marijuana. I believe that those things can be medicine in and of themselves. Right. But for me, I realize that I was rationalizing me avoiding holding space for myself and feeling into my own shit because I wanted to have a beer or two and treat myself. 
and and there gets to a point where it's like i'm treating myself way too much what what am i avoiding feeling mm-hmm. and like that's the magic of like navigating these difficult experiences it's like in that darkness if i push through that emotion i gain like laser clarity laser mm-hmm. clarity mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And so what would be some ways for people who are listening that they can push through that darkness? How do you hold that space for yourself in those moments and Mm. not drink the beer or take the toke or whatever that looks like for whoever is listening, whatever that is for you that you are using to avoid something or not? Yeah. Um, Wow, thank you so much for asking that question. And the first thing that comes up, and I, I practice this every time I've, I feel down in the dumps or unclear or confused, is to speak to myself as if I'm talking to another person, like a friend who's, who's like if, if a friend comes up to me and needs space to be held, I'm not gonna say, just go rip the bomb, you'll be fine. <laughs> I'm going to say, hey, you're safe. You're safe to experience whatever it is you're feeling. I might literally put my hand on my chest and start like almost petting myself. Like, hey, it's safe for you, Carlos, to feel this way. Whatever it is that's coming up, remember that this is rocket fuel. This emotion is just energy in motion that you get to use to navigate your next steps. It's okay. And I start to honestly visualize where, wherever it is in my body and like imagine it's getting bigger. Imagine it's getting more intense. Imagine myself diving into that emotion um, and, and really pushing through that. And in, in, in those moments, like I've, I've gotten clarity on what to do, yet what seems to be a golden thread is to sit there and breathe. Mm-hmm. And I was what, literally just thinking to myself, like, what do you do, Serena? And I'm like, breath. And then you were like, it's just simply breathing. And it is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really is that simple, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes if a friend comes up to you and asks you, hey, can I vent to you? Or, hey, I need your advice. Sometimes they really just want you to listen. Mm-hmm. And that's in that very same regard, you can do the same for yourself. And that's what I do. It's like I sit down as if I'm another person listening to myself. Mm-hmm. I've literally looked at myself in my own eyes in the mirror because that's what felt right in that moment. And there's not a specific formula. It, it really is ask, speaking to yourself, like, what do you need right now? Yes. Sometimes an answer might not come out and that is okay. Sit there, breathe and remind yourself. Like, at least this is what I do is like, I'll remind myself, like, I am safe. Carlos, you are safe. Mm-hmm you are safe. That is the number one thing that gets me to push through and to put down the, the distraction. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is an opportunity. And right on the other side of that, you know, as I experience the emotion amplifies, maybe tears come out, maybe rage comes out, maybe I want to punch something, whatever it is, you are safe, Carlos. And as it starts to, um, the intensity starts to die down a bit because that's what energy and motion, emotion does. It moves. Mm-hmm. I gain clarity on what to do. Maybe I get, maybe I, the, recently this happened to me and I'll just be blatantly honest. I was holding space for myself around scarcity. 
I felt intense, intense scarcity in my life. And um, as I was holding space for myself, I told myself, Carlos, you are safe, laying down in bed. <laughs> and as I laid down in bed and I was experiencing all these thoughts and all these feelings of, you're not enough, just stop coaching, stop doing the business, you're not enough. I said, you're safe, feel into this. And then right on the other side, as the intensity died down, one thought kept ringing in my head, stay the course, stay the course, stay the course. And I literally wrote it down three times on a paper, stay the course, stay the course, stay the course. And from there I get to journal, like, where do I wanna take this? Mm -hmm. Stay the course came up. What does staying the course look like? What do I need to be thinking about myself? What do I need to be believing? Or what kinds of conversations do I get to have with myself in my head in order to truly embody this staying of the course? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. What <laughs> kinds of emotions would that bring up? Well, if I, if I thought of myself like stay the course, trust, faith is more powerful than proof, you know, the universe or God or whatever, I've got my back. Everything always turns out okay. If I keep telling myself this after experiencing and feeling into what I was avoiding, then what my, my actions look like, mm -hmm. what, my, what emotions might I be experiencing? And journaling is such a powerful tool. And a lot of people think journaling needs to be handwritten. And I think that's a dogma, in my opinion. Like, I video journal. I use voice recording journaling. Yeah, I voice note journal all the time. Yeah, I go live and journal live. I write down sometimes on an actual mm -hmm. journal. I get a Google document, an empty Google document, and just heart dump or brain dump or whatever it is onto that. Um, and find a modality that works for you. For me, I love to ask myself, well, what do I want to do? Do I want to write? Mm -hmm. Then I'll write. Do I want to turn on a video and speak into a camera? Then I'll do that. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and and what I found is that once that emotion moves, whatever action comes after that is always, 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 always an action that's guided by like my truth. Mm -hmm. It's always an action that is leaning me closer to my dreams. And it's never, ever going to tell me um, to stop doing what I love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just for those listening to kind of piggyback off of that last little bit there, you know, moving the energy doesn't have to look like journaling in any regard. It can be dancing, exercise, you know, painting, like whatever works for you, whatever modality works for you. Like when you do that check-in that Carlos was speaking of, um, what do you need right now? You know, like I would ask myself, like, what does Serena need right now? And then just do that. And even if it's nothing, do that, <laughs> like do nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the thing too, is like this pressure to do, 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 do. Um, it's okay to sit there and do nothing and to breathe. <laughs> Yeah. It's okay. And sometimes that sometimes doing that will mean that everything you do when you are in the space of doing more mm -hmm. is inspired. It's clear. 
you know what you want. It's not coming from this space of not being enough. And that is so important. And I'm still navigating that. Yeah. I almost feel like, like I'm giving the advice that I need to hear the most right now. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm working through this myself right now. This, this dry July challenge is very challenging for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm leaning in. Mm-hmm. I'm leaning in because I'm committed to me. Mm-hmm. Well, know that I got your back. And if I can support you in any way, mm-hmm. since we are doing this together, apparently, <laughs> dry <laughs> July, um, just know that I'm here for you as a sister and friend. And wow. I support you. I receive that fully, Serena Rose, and um, this powerful accountability team that we seem to have that's so natural. It's not even structured to the point where it's like, we need to have a weekly accountability meeting. It's very, it's very free flowing and it's very like what I call from the heart space. Um, and I appreciate you so much for that. Thank mm, you. I appreciate you too. And it is, it's just organic, beautiful natural friendship and experiences and I really attest that to the both of us being able to be natural and organic and you know present with our experiences and so there's a lot of expansion there hard expansion for sure and um Yeah, I just was writing a couple of things down while you were, you know, riffing or channeling or all the beautiful things that were coming out of you. Thank you so much for sharing so much of yourself with me and with my listeners. I appreciate you for that. Yeah, so I'm just going to take a moment, honestly, to absorb everything that it was that was just received. And so... You know, if you feel called to join me in taking one of those simple breaths, I invite you to do so now. And if you're listening, wherever you are, you can do so now. Just giving space and feeling what that's like. (laughs) Allowing yourself to feel that. Mm. That feels really good. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that activation, Serena. Yeah. So you are so welcome. And I wanted to just ask a, a question to you because this this is what was coming up for me. Um, Our entire conversation thus far up until this point has been speaking of, you know, generally holding the space for ourselves as individuals and uh, the power that can come through in one-on-one containers. And we've touched on, you know, the container that is our relationship and friendship and all the energy that exists in in between those corridors. And, you know, something that you and I have both been activated in is the power of community. And I mean, we met through the community of International Tribe Design. And there is on the other side of this pendulum, the power of being held in a space of lots of people. (laughs) Not just yourself or one other person, but a lot of people. And you have had the beautiful opportunity to not only be in those spaces, but to 
facilitate those spaces and for you to share so much about, you know, the one-on-one containers and stuff. I'm just very curious um, with all of that being said and felt and shared, what can you share through that perspective of you and the stream of consciousness of Carlos to being held in a retreat space and like kind of comparing the two and just what comes through for you when I, when I touch on this. Yeah. Yeah. And what immediately comes through for me is it is in my opinion, our inherent nature to be seen and recognized by a group of people, a community or a tribe. And what I've found is that when I've felt disconnected from a tribe or a community, I end up feeling disconnected to myself, disconnected to the earth, and disconnected to purpose. A tribe of people is a community of people from all ages, from child to wise elder, in which everyone in their own way, whether it's as small as having a conversation with a child and making them feel confident to an elder who is someone that everyone seeks guidance from to the chieftain who is the visionary for the tribe. Everyone has a gift within the tribe. Mm -hmm. And what I've found is that, especially if the tribe is intentional and the container is created in which Um, the person can feel safe to play it unsafe, which I think is the most important thing in every retreat experience, if I might project that onto retreats, is that the attendees get to feel safe in not playing it safe, Mm -hmm. right? And that can look so different for everybody. Mm -hmm. That can look, and what it really means point blank is like, what's your edge and pushing through that edge and feeling safe in doing so. Mm -hmm. Um, And for some people that can be, oh, I've always been shy, but that's not really me. That was given to me. I want to experiment with being the loud and disruptive person in groups. A retreat is a safe space to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, I've always been curious about freestyle rapping. And I've always fantasized in my head me doing it, but I've always been scared. A retreat is a safe space to do that. Um, Truly any breakthrough, coming out of any closets of hiding, whether sexuality or some of your greatest gifts or or confessing what you don't want people to know. um, These containers are safe spaces to do that and to experience not only healing of the past, but quite literally creating of a new you. Plain and simple. After my first retreat, I mean, before my first retreat of tribe design, um, I was constantly having nightmares. I had my first good dream in a, in a while after my first tribe design. I mean, that that in and of itself says something alone. And con- and continuing to after each experience, not only in tribe design but in local workshops and things like that. Um, being able to push forward on who I want to be and actually taking an action to prove to myself that I can be that person, right? Like if I decide to be an actor today, I can go to a retreat space such as that um, and get to say that to the tribe and be held accountable for it. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I love that. I'm just thinking of, you know, moments in time where I've challenged myself and when I went to Desert Rising, which is a festival, it's a conscious festival in Cali. Um, for anyone who gets to go, it's an amazing experience. I, I definitely, definitely recommend it. Um, I went into that space with the intention. I am going to be a magical witch this entire weekend. I'm just going to run around performing magic and I'm going to give myself the ability to do so. And I did. And right before my first international tribe design retreat, I said, Serena, fuck it. You're just going to show up as you and like, just fuck everything. Like, just be yourself. Like, don't question yourself. Don't nothing. None of that. Like, just be you, girl. Like, this is the time. It's your time. And I did that. And, you know, that retreat we went around and did the exercise of who are you most connected to and who are you least connected to. And I had the most votes of being connected to at that retreat. And I was just that moment impacted and shifted so much for me because I just straight up was myself and that's it. And I was like, wow, people connect to me. They love me. Like, this is amazing. How amazing is that to feel that and experience that? And what came up for me immediately as you shared that experience, Serena, which, wow, if that isn't a measure of connection, I don't know what is. It's like my capacity to connect to others is directly related to my capacity to be connected to myself and to show it in my actions. Mm -hmm. I can have this incredible idea sex in my head of like, what the highest version of me looks like yeah if i'm not if most of my actions every day don't align with what my image of my highest version of me is then i'm disconnected from self Mm -hmm. which in turn disconnects me from others and in turn disconnects me from the earth Mm -hmm. yeah and for those listening to if there is a disconnection anywhere whether it be within yourself or within community or within your higher self or your inner self, um, surround yourself in another space, you know? Like if you're feeling disconnected from you, go be a part of the community and through the community you will find connection to yourself. If you're feeling disconnected from yourself or the community or inner child or whatever, go connect with nature. Like just bridge connections that you do have and put energy into connections that you do have. And it just invites that in. It invites it in. Mm. It shifts it. Yeah. And like before this was booming in my head and I'd love to share a very practical exercise with um, the listeners of this show mm-hmm. on how how to understand like how to connect with yourself and how to embody who you are. Very, very simple. Yes, please. Um, I always start any journaling exercise with at least three deep breaths or some sort of centering or meditation, first and foremost. That is a great way to clear the space, clear the head and start blank in that moment. And from that space, whether it's three deep breaths a 10 minute meditation or burning a bunch of sage, whatever it is for you, do that. And then on a journal, take a sheet of paper, 
fold it in half long ways or draw a line down the middle. And on one side, write the, all the qualities of the old you, the qualities that drain you, the qualities that you no longer want to be known for. Whether you've been living that way all your life up until this point or not, it does not matter. What you think, what you say, what you feel emotionally, and the actions and habits of your life. As specific as possible, almost as if you're writing a mini story about the old you you no longer want to be. And on the other side, visualize you when life is perfect. Visualize you with your best body that you've always dreamed of. Visualize you with the amount of money you want. Visualize everything that you feel you would be in that future space, right? And get specific. I'm talking what do your finances look like? What kinds of friendships do you have? What kind of intimate relationship do you have? Describe it. What kind, to what capacity do you feel joy in your life? What are your morning practices look like? What time do you wake up? Get so specific on each action you take, each conversation you're having with yourself in your head, how you show up relative to others, everything, everything, write it down, right? And Here's the thing. This list is not made to say, oh, I'll be happy when I get this. No. After you brain dump and you feel empty, ask yourself this question. Just write it down. Out of this list of my high self, what can I do? It is that simple. It is that simple. And begin to replace the old habits with those things you can do. A lot of people are like, I'm going to stop doing this. Okay, you're going to stop doing that and replace it with what to fill that space. What can I do? Always focus now on what you can do. That's it. And keep it simple. And if if the first actionable step that excites you the most is to get up at 5 a.m. every day or to start meditating five minutes a day because your future self meditates an hour a day, Mm -hmm. like what can you do? And for the next seven days, go on a quest and challenge yourself. Hey, for the next seven days, I'm going to embody my high self or my best self or my genius, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. Even if you want to give it a name. I named my high self Sage King Carlos because I thought that would be fun. Right. Mm -hmm. And I named my old self Steven, just a random arbitrary name. It really doesn't matter. Parasite, whatever. And it's like, what can you do? Write that down and commit. For the next seven days, I'm going to try this one action and see if it feels right for me. And if it doesn't, course correct. If it does, keep doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. it. And what I found is that the more, the more that not only myself and my clients and the people that I interact with, the more they begin to embody this high self and stop outsourcing it to the future, please. Mm-hmm. The more space you create in your thoughts, in your energy, in your vibe to continue just crushing it in your life, crushing it mm-hmm. and stepping into your wisdom and your power, which is your birthright. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Thank you so much. And there's so many like in that simple exercise and share, I think that there is a lot of treasure and a lot of practices that people can take, even if, you know, the list doesn't have to be long. Like if there's one thing, you know, that you can come up with, start there. If there's one day a week you can commit to 
you know, embodying your higher self fully, then start there, you know, like this is your life. It doesn't have to look any particular way or follow any particular guideline or belief system or Mm -hmm. like none of that. It's just what is working for you? Like this is all beautiful information and you're welcome. (laughs) Absorb it and compute it and figure out what works for you and for your system. And then you can output it in whatever way serves you. And remember, there's no right or wrong. Yeah. Try it out. Experiment because that's what life's about is experiencing life. And part of experiencing life is course correcting when things don't work out. Mm-hmm. And that's so beautiful and magical and it is still a win because now you're no longer curious and you've gotten closure on something you've always thought mm-hmm. you wanted. Yeah. This comes through for me when I think of times that I have perceived myself to fail at something. Mm-hmm. Um because it didn't turn out a way that I expected it to or envisioned it to or whatever. And what I've gotten to do instead is replace that thought of or story of me failing um, or the perception of that with that this is just an opportunity for me to redirect, you know, okay, so that didn't work out. All right, that's fine. Now, where do I go from here? What did I learn? You know? Mm. Um, so just a beautiful real life application of the exercise that you just shared and some of the juicy goodness that we've been speaking to. And I do have just a couple of more questions for you if you're open to that. Absolutely. Um, because I love all of, I love literally everything you're saying. Like, yes. Um, and I just want more of you and of your heart and your story and your experience because you know I have the beautiful pleasure of getting to know you and to see that depth that is Carlos and so I'm gonna ask some questions to maybe share more of that depth with the listeners Absolutely. And lay it on me. You can go as deep as you want. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Um, Well, I trust what it is that I have formulated. And, you know, one of the things that I'll just start with where we were speaking, what we were speaking about was course correcting. And this came up earlier in the conversation. And so I'm wondering, just simply put, can you give us a example of where you have course corrected in your life and feel free to like you said go as deep as you want with that share Mm. let's see what immediately comes up for me is how, how I've navigated career and the concept of career. And um, I've tried a few things. When I was in college, um, I started with environmental studies. It didn't work out, so I changed my major. And then after that, I went marketing. It didn't work out. Uh, and and, and continued. I, I changed my major, I think, about five times. 
And a four-year degree actually took me about six and a half years. And I course corrected so much. And at first, I beat myself up about that because my timeline wasn't correct, whatever that means. Mm -hmm. And this is where, again, let go of right and wrong because everyone's timeline is different. Mm -hmm. And I, I, in the process, though, I joined a fraternity. And in that fraternity, I hosted my first retreat. Mm -hmm. And it was completely dry, no alcohol, marijuana, or anything like that allowed. And I got so much pushback and resistance from that. And I hosted it. And it was the most successful retreat to my knowledge that our chapter has had with the most percentage of chapter attendance. I think something like 80% or 70%, if I remember correctly, of our brothers were there. And it was the first time where where I, I really saw the brothers connect without needing it to be facilitated by substance ever. Mm -hmm. I had never seen that before. Our brotherhood had cliques. Mm -hmm. We had the religious ones. We had the partiers. We had the stoners. We had, it it was, it was separated. We were an organization Mm -hmm. that was not seeing eye to eye. And for the first time I had brothers come up to me and say, I would have never thought I would have connected with X or Y brother. Mm -hmm. And this experience taught me that I don't need the substance to do that. And from that moment forward, I got that download of like, how can I get paid to do this forever? Yeah. And because I course corrected and I gave myself permission to course correct, Mm -hmm. I now found like the retreat space in which I I love doing and I'm gifted at doing and I own that. Mm -hmm. I love facilitating retreats, put me in front of a crowd of people and I am possessed by inspiration, Mm -hmm. no matter what. Mm -hmm. No I have never seen recalled a time in my life where that wasn't the case and I would have not figured that out had it not been for my course corrections in college mm-hmm. um, and that's the first thing that came up with your question yeah I love that and I love that you allowed yourself to to be in that and just what came of it what a beautiful share and I actually did not know that about you so that's awesome yeah, um, yeah that's really really beautiful Um, So speaking of retreats and a particular part of this life experience that you are having as Carlos, um, there is something super personal that I think is a big, like a big thing. And um, what I have seen or not seen is not a whole lot of sharing on it and you know like we we engage with each other's content and stuff and so I part of me is like why or why not and um you know are you open to talking about your experience in Hawaii and I think you know oh absolutely I know exactly exactly what it is that I'm talking about um because what a big amazing celebratory thing and a beautiful part of your experience and I'm like I want to hear like all about it you know Mm. and what that was like and what it's like now and you know just everything Uh, absolutely and and and, uh (laughs) full disclaimer here my not sharing of it often is more so because I'm in a season right now where I think sex is something very private to me and um, and I'm so 
like honoring that. Um, however, I have no fear. If people ask me questions, if people ask me live or in a podcast to speak of it, I'd love that. I absolutely love that. And I appreciate you so much for asking that. Um, so to give context, um, Serena here is regarding my third international tribe design. By this point, I was already a facilitator for tribe design, not yet in partnership, though. It was kind of like a trial thing. Um, and what I had not realized is probably one of the biggest spaces in my life where I was leaking energy, unclear and point blank hiding, hiding from experiencing. Um, and to give context, growing up, I had been very confused about my sexuality. Very, very confused about my sexuality. Um, and I, I, in high school, I got into using a lot of substance to mask that. Um, and within the tribe design experience, um, basically, I started navigating like everything. It's hard once you're leaning into authenticity and once you're leaning into truth, it's challenging to hide anywhere in any aspect of life. And like what I tell people is even right now, if I lie, even if it's the whitest lie, I physiologically feel it in my body. Mm -hmm. Whereas before it was very easy to mask that feeling. Um, and what was happening was, is that at this Hawaii retreat, um, and this was already my third one, and I had confessed in our confession circle that we do, um, that I was confused about my sexuality, like three or four times in a row. And uh, one, of our, one of our mutual mentors, Frank Jay, um, came up to me after this confession in Hawaii, and he started getting very curious and asking questions around the, my love life and my sex life. Very curiously, it felt so gentle and so safe in that moment. Um, whereas in the past, I've had people just straight up come up to me and say, bro, just tell me you're gay. And immediately my walls would come up. Um, and uh, as I navigated this conversation with him, he did not even bring up sexuality as much as he was just asking, tell me about your last relationship. Tell me about your intimacy. You know, how, what's your relationship to intimacy like? And as I started answering his questions, I started feeling like this crazy, it's even hard to describe it now. It's almost like this pounding of my heart and like this gut-wrenching feeling where it was like, oh, I know the truth. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I straight up looked at Frank J and I, I was in tears. And I told Frank J, I was like, I've been hiding that I'm gay and rationalizing it. And I truly, for so long, I, I seriously believed, oh, this must be a phase or, oh, this or, oh, all these things up until that point. Yeah, in that moment, it was just so clear. And because, like I said, the more I do this inner shadow work, um, the more challenging it is to hide at all. Um, and, uh, and I was in tears and I, and I admitted it to myself in, my, in that moment that, that I identify as a gay male. I, I was brought into this incarnation, whatever that means to experience intimacy with a man. And uh, there was like this sense of catharsis and relief when I said it, yet shame, like so much shame just came out like a vomit of emotions. Um, and Frank J asked me, well, what, what do you need right now? 
And I was like, I need to tell the tribe. And again, in, in this in this experience, again, where it's safe to not play it safe and it's safe to step out of an old story and into a new and to take an action to prove to myself or to oneself that I'm ready for this new life. Right as uh, Daniel Eisenman was starting the next circle, I literally stepped in the middle and I was like, stop. <laughs> I stopped the instruction. I stopped everything and I commanded the energy of the room. And I, in that moment, I confessed and I was in tears. I felt like I was possessed by emotion. I fell to my knees. It felt like I, it felt like a death. It seriously felt like a death in that moment. Lots of physical pain being purged out of my body because of all the pretending. And then a shift in the middle of that circle out of nowhere, um, I felt a sense of power and I stood up and I looked at everyone in the eyes with this fierceness, this King energy that I was ready to stop pretending in all aspects of my life. And that the wearing, wearing this mask of confusion, whatever it is, whether it's sexuality or career or whatever, the mask of confusion is heavy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's not for me anymore. Yeah. Wow. I, I would go as far as saying too, you know, when people say the words, I don't know, like even when I say those myself, like I don't know, or I'm confused or whatever, I ask myself like, okay, Serena, if you were to know, mm-hmm. what is that? Mm-hmm. And I actually think people do know, you yeah. know, and it's just giving themselves the space to do so. And um, wow. You know, what's crazy about the share Carlos is um, I had crazy dreams last night, crazy, crazy dreams. And it's in the stars right now with the seven, seven portal that we had yesterday. Um, and just the influx of energy from, you know, the planets and stuff right now to have certain experiences. Like for example, you said that you were questioning yourself, like, should I even coach or, whatever. And that's a a collective thing that is circling right now, because I too had similar experiences of, of that. And so many others in tribe and community have as well. And what I'm getting to is this dream that I had last night. Um, I was in Hawaii and there was, it felt like a council of people around me, just very strong brothers and sisters, like seven people. And I couldn't make out exactly who each person was, um, but I got that it was, you know, my tribe family. And in the dream, I was sitting next to Frank J and was really feeling, um, connection to him and you know he was my first spiritual mentor he's been a guest on the show already Um, amazing man I love you Frank Jay thank you so much for being who you are and in the dream I was brought to my knees and I was crying and it and I was like feeling all of these emotions and when I woke up I was like does my inner child just 
love Hawaii and miss Hawaii. Like, like what did I just experience right now? And, you know, listening to your story, I'm just kind of like taken back a little bit because I feel like my dreaming self, my higher self was connecting to, you know, your energy and your experience and this recording right now and the share and, um, yeah, it's just a little surreal when stuff like that happens. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, it really is. And it's funny that you mentioned the 7-7 seven, seven portal thing. And like, I've, al- I've always been very skeptical about um, like the 11-11 full moon, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I, what I've noticed, and it's the weirdest thing, that the more that I've like done the inner work and, st- and leaned into me, whatever that's looked like, the more like my life mysteriously aligns, even when I'm not trying. Because yesterday, as you mentioned, you were experiencing like that questioning, if I heard you correctly, and that doubt rise. I was experiencing that too. And I was like, well, I'm holding space for this, holding space for this. I'm going to doubt. I even, I didn't even touch social media yesterday. I left my phone in like my parents' car on purpose. (laughs) And um, wow. And like the last thing I'd love to say about that story is that um now that i have awareness and clarity like it's it's gifted me like awareness and clarity in in seeing where other people could be hiding in their lives Mm -hmm. little signs little signs and i imagine this is what frank j was tapped into when he was speaking to me in hawaii um and like this awareness allows me to see where the energy is being leaked and what it's turning into. And an example for me in how my energy was being leaked around my sexuality is that up until that point, I was addicted to porn. Mm. And ever since then, I like never watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's its own subject and uh, <laughs> podcast uh, episode in and of itself uh, because I think not I think I know a lot of humans can relate to this and this mm-hmm. this is this is the realness that I love is just sharing that because mm-hmm. it's so universal it's so universal so many people connect to you know abusing substances and watching porn and hiding in their lives and This is what the work is, even if just yesterday we were questioning the work, you know, Mm -hmm. like this is what it is. It's just being it, embodying it and you coming on the show and talking about everything. You know, my wish is that for you, this is empowerment and, you know, you taking action and and owning all of it and just showing us how it's done because it's it's beautiful to see and to witness and to be a part of and i'm just so so thankful for you brother likewise serena Mm -hmm. likewise i i love you i appreciate you so much um this flow state that we've caught is so important it's so important because there's someone out there who needs this medicine right now there's someone out there who needs to hear that they're hiding and perhaps they're (laughs) they're not willing to admit it to themselves there's someone out there that needs to get their foot out of the old life and step both feet into the new life already and stop having one foot in and one foot out. Um, And there's someone that needs to also hear that it's okay not to be okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay to have fear while you're leaning into you. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and uh, trust your process. Everyone's process looks so different. Um, and it's so magical and it's so beautiful. And as you are in this moment, it's so perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, divine. It's absolutely divine. Every moment and every breath. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Authentically Me podcast. If you would like to book a reading or work one-on-one with Serena, get in touch with her at bookserenarose at gmail.com. To get involved and receive in a deeper way, become a patron by following the link www.patreon.com forward slash Serena Rose. You can also find me on Instagram under the handle Serena Rose Jarvis. It is an honor to share with each and every one of you authentically. Remember to be you, be true, and be beautiful. You are exactly where you are supposed to be, doing exactly what you are supposed to be doing. I love you.